This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. We started a new series this uh, past weekend entitled, But God. Two words that change, they change everything. Um, These two words have radically changed, no doubt, countless lives. Kind of goes like this, sounds like this. I was hopelessly lost, but God. Anybody have that testimony here tonight? It might sound like this. My, my life was a mess. Or sound like this. I was addicted, but... Come on, I know a lot of you have that testimony. Somebody shout, but God. I was broken, bitter, and offended. Hmm. My marriage was over. A few of you. I wouldn't have a marriage if it wasn't for God. My, my relationships were broken, but God. My health was failing. I was in financial ruins. Say that again. I was in financial ruins. I should have been dead. Come on, you know you should have been dead. You don't know how in the world you got home. But you got home. It was but a God moment. I was denied over and over. The odds were against me. There was no way out. It was just absolutely impossible. But God. My prayer is that your life would be marked by but God moments and experiences. I'm talking about, hear this statement, I'm talking about a life that cannot be explained except by those two words, but God. When they try to explain your life, when they try to explain my life, it just can't be explained without those two words. (laughs) But God, that's my prayer for you. Um, Don't dismiss this... um, your need for a but God moment. Uh, I know some people, you know, when it comes to miracles, thank you, when it comes to miracles, things like that, yeah, I don't know about all that stuff, but don't dismiss your need for a but God moment because at some point in your journey, you're going to eventually come up against your limitations. You might not be there yet, but I'm here to tell you somewhere along the way, you're going to find out that you're just not all that and a bag of chips. And you're going to need a God intervention. Let me um, give you tonight what I'm calling or define for you what I'm calling a but God moment. I can define it this way to kind of help us to connect tonight with where we're going. Here's how I would define what I'm trying to teach. It's when God makes something happen that couldn't happen that shouldn't happen, and that wouldn't have happened unless He made it happen. Whew. Well, that's worth a shout right there. Some of you didn't get that the first time, so I'm going to help you up out of your, your misery. 
It's when God makes something happen that couldn't happen, that shouldn't happen, and that wouldn't have happened unless he made it happen. I mean, I mean, come on. Red Seas, they just don't part. Hello, Moses. But God, Jericho walls, they don't just come falling down. Hello, Joshua. But God, water doesn't just come out of rocks, but God. I mean, come on, think about it. two small fish and five crackers. I don't care how you slice those up. It can't feed 5,000 men plus women plus children, but God. Blind people don't just start seeing, but God. Deaf people don't just start hearing, but God and dead people just don't come back to life unless God's involved in the equation. You see, I don't know how it's going to happen for you because I know you need something to happen, but I do, I do know who can make it happen, and I want to talk about him tonight. His name is Jesus. Can I say that one more time? I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know how you're going to get the breakthrough, but I, know, do, I do know who is going to make it happen. Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, we're going to find out who it is. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. In the context, they're facing an impossibility, but notice, but with God. Somebody shout, but God. But with God, all things are possible. I don't know how, but I do know who. Come on, that's what you need to understand. I don't know how this is going to get fixed. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I do know who's going to do it. Notice that man's limitations or impossibilities are only God's opportunities. So if you're up against something tonight, you're facing an impossibility, like I said over the weekend. I believe it's just announcing God's opportunities. Those two words, but God, opens up a world of new possibilities. Now, Sunday, we talked about we wonder, but God finds us. If you weren't here, you've got to get it just for the corny jokes. Podcasts are free. Listen to that message. Tonight, I want to talk about this. We face impossibilities, but God makes all things possible. We face impossibilities, but God makes all things possible. Luke 1, 37. Notice what it says. For with God, nothing will be impossible. With God, nothing. With God. When you're with God, when you're Hooked up to God, nothing will be impossible. Now, this is speaking about God's ability. When it comes to God's ability, listen, there is no thing too big, too difficult, too hard. There is no thing beyond God's ability to perform, to do it, or to fix it. The good news here tonight is you're not stuck. You're not stuck. Your impossibility, your limitation is just announcing God's opportunity. Now, my assignment here tonight uh, is to awaken an expectation. So it's Wednesday, you all the crazies, so 
we can all get loud in here, and I'm here to, I'm here to stir you up. I'm, I'm, you know, the Bible says that us as preachers were to teach, we're, we're, to, we're to rebuke, and we're to exhort. I'm here to exhort. I'm here to stir you up tonight. I'm here to awaken an expectation in you that you're not stuck. That that impossibility that you're facing is just a, is just, is just, is just communicating to you. It's announcing that it's God's opportunity. Um, recently in our home, in our bedroom, we have this room and, and, uh, several months ago, several, several, several months ago, several, 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 several months ago, the light bulb burned out. And so my wife has a honeydew list for me and, she keeps adding to it, so it takes me a long time to get around to all the honeydew list. Now, this is an important room in our bedroom, and, and, um, but for some reason, I had a struggle getting that new light bulb in. So every time we would go into that room, we would flip the switch, and nothing would happen. And this went on for days, and it went on for weeks. And went on for a month after month after month until I had a, a wonderful, awesome idea. My wife is gone, and I'm going to surprise her. I'm going to change the light bulb. Well, it's one of those unique kind of light bulbs that I had to go down to the, the hardware store and figure it all out. I bought the wrong one the first time, and then I finally bought the right one, and and then I got my, my stool and got up there as high as I could and on my tippy toes and, and cussing and changing the light bulb all at the same time. <laughs> got the light bulb changed and it was awesome. It was just, it was shocking to realize how nice it is to have a light in a room. And this had gone on for months and months. And as long as it was day, you kind of got the outside light filtering in where you kind of see what you're doing. But at night, it was just like, it was just like, it was dark. It was completely dark. And you know what? My wife was just, she was just beautiful through the whole process of not nagging me. Ooh, maybe that's a word for somebody here tonight. That is a word for a wife here to, oh, Jesus. Oh, she loves me. She, was, she didn't nag me, and so I surprised her. And so what happened is that, is that I was waiting for the moment where, where she would come, throw her arms around me, grab me like she does sometimes, and it would be my night. I mean, when you got this at home, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard when you're like... It's hard for my wife to keep her hands off me. I, I mean, every night, it wears me out every night. Sometimes I have to say, baby, baby, let's just, just hold each other tonight. Let's just... <laughs> Not tonight. Can we just hold each other and... Uh, anyhow. Day after day, she did nothing. She said nothing until I noticed she went in the room. And she's there in the dark. 
I changed the light bulb, and she never turned it on. So I snuck in there, and I flipped the switch, and she was just blown away that the room had a light. And she made this statement. She says, I've been, I've been doing this so long that week after week and month after month after flipping the switch, I just... I just lost my expectation. I think there's a lot of church people that they were flipping the switch, expecting, they were believing for God to do something in their, their relationships and in their marriage and in their finances and in their home and in, in their money and in their job. And it didn't happen the first day and it didn't happen the second day and it didn't happen the first month. And, and what happened is they just got tired flipping the switch. They lost their expectation. And I'm really here tonight to stir up an expectation that regardless how impossible it might seem to you, I'm here to tell you, with, with God, all things are possible. Nothing, nothing, somebody shout nothing, will be impossible. You know, Jesus illustrates the impossibilities of, of God when he was on the earth in his earthly ministry. He does, it by, he does it by raising three people from the dead. The first one is Jairus. Many of us know the story if you've been in church very long. Jairus had a daughter, and uh, Jesus was on his way to pray for this 12-year-old girl. And before Jesus could get there, the Bible says that Jairus' daughter dies. And, and now the family has all gathered there, and they're all weeping because it's a tragic death. And and, and so Jesus walks into this, this shocking scene, and this girl has just died. Her, her body is still, still warm, and, and Jesus comes in at that moment, and Jesus said to her, Talitha Kumi, or translated little girl, and the Bible says, when Jesus said, little girl, rise up, the Bible says that immediately that 12, 12-year-old girl set up in bed and came back to life. So much so that she went and ate a meal right after that. And then we have the widow's son in the city of Nain. Uh, a lot of people may not know this one or may be f- is familiar with this one, but this was where a young man had been dead, a, lo- dead long enough that they had wrapped him in grave clothes and, and put him in a coffin, and now they're taking him uh, to the graveyard. There, there's actually a, a funeral procession, and here comes Jesus... And he actually interrupts the funeral procession. And Jesus touches the coffin and he tells this young man to get up. And when he tells this young man to get up, the Bible says that the young man sat up in the coffin and starts talking. Wow. Why? Because with God, nothing is impossible. You know, the third, the third person that Jesus actually raised from the dead in his ministry, we're very familiar with this one, Lazarus, uh, Mary and Martha's brother. Now, Lazarus, the Bible said, had been dead long enough that they had put him in a tomb. So he wasn't on his way to the graveyard. He actually is already in the graveyard, and the Bible said that he had been dead for four days. Jesus shows up tells them to remove the stone, and Martha says this, Lord, you can't do that because he stinks by now. 
And Jesus said this, Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible says that a a four-day-old dead man came out of that grave full of life. Uh, Here's my point tonight. All three of these amazing stories are just trying to show you that with God, it doesn't matter the degree of death. It doesn't matter if it just died or if it's been dead a long time, because with God, nothing is impossible. Somebody needs to hear me tonight. If it just died, come on, or if it's been dead a long time, it doesn't matter if your problem just started or if it's gotten so bad that you've wrapped it up and put it in a coffin and you're on your way to a graveyard, or maybe it's worse than that, you're already in the graveyard and you've buried it and now it stinks. I'm here to tell you, with God, there's no degree of death that He cannot fix. You see, God doesn't just want to fix simple things. He wants to take on the difficult things the impossible things in our lives. Now, I know there's people out there that'll say, ah, I don't, I don't believe in all that miracle stuff. Well, I'd just say to you, uh, if you ever need one, you might change your mind. I'm, you know, I, I'm here tonight pastoring as long as I've pastored, and this church is here tonight, not because I'm smart or you're smart, but it's been, it's been God's divine intervention. This ministry is here today because of God's supernatural ability. How in the world do you move from Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, with, with your wife and three kids and move to the northwest side of town, don't know a person in town, and start a church with no salary, no money, but God. Somebody shout, but God. But God, amen. When God told Abraham and Sarah that they were going to have a child, you know what they did? <laughs> they laughed. They, they didn't believe it. Ah, we don't believe in all that crazy stuff and they, they, they laughed because they were old. I mean, there's some things you might believe, but if God showed up to you and you're 90 years old and you're 100 years old and God says, you're getting ready to have a baby, <laughs> right, come on. What you been drinking, God? What you smoking up there in heaven? Right? The Bible says that Sarah laughed and said, I'm past the, 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 the age of childbearing And what's funny, if you look at it in Scripture, she says, and and my husband, he's so old that he can't even perform anymore. It's in the Bible. Sarah laughed and laughed because she thought that was funny that God would give them. They didn't have Viagra back then. That God would give them a child. But listen to me. A year later, Sarah wasn't laughing when she was breastfeeding the child way down by her her waistline. She's having to go like this. Hello, somebody. God will fix you. You start laughing. 
acting like God can't do it, he'll show you. I'm here to tell you, I mean, think about Abraham. He's 100 years of age. He's in Target in the, in the baby section buying diapers. I'm here to tell you with God, nothing is impossible. I'm just here tonight. I need somebody here to turn the switch of faith on. Come on, to quit living in the dark and to start believing that God can do it. I need somebody that can believe that God can still heal cancer. I need somebody to believe that tumors can disappear. I'm just looking for somebody that believes that blood disease can be cured, that heart problems can be fixed, that minds can be restored, that financial favor, come on, is anybody looking for some financial favor, can come on your life before you ever get out the back doors. I'm just looking for somebody to believe that God can heal that relationship. God can heal that marriage. Come on. God can do it. God can fix it. Because with God, all things are. Just need somebody to go in that room. Just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it's not going to happen. I need somebody to get their expectation back. I need somebody to get stirred with faith again. So it didn't happen. But it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. So it didn't happen in 2010. And it didn't happen in 2011. And it didn't happen in 2015. And it hasn't happened in 2016. But I'm here to tell you, flip the switch. Expect, believe. Come on, I believe our brightest days are still ahead. And I'm just looking for somebody that's with me that believes that God is still a miracle worker. He can still fix it. I'm here to tell you, you're not stuck. When it comes to God, there's nothing impossible. Now, here's what I want to do for the rest of this service. I'm going to flip the script here just a little bit. Tonight, for a moment, I want to flip the script, and I want to show you four things that are impossible for God to do. I want to show you four things that it's impossible for God to do. Four things when it comes not to His ability, but to His character. When it comes to who He is, let me give you four things. This is going to help you tonight. Four things that is absolutely impossible for God to do. To do number one is impossible for God to lie. It is impossible. Hebrews six eighteen says this: It is impossible for God to lie. There, there's a story in the Bible in Second Kings thirteen, where where Elisha is following Elijah, his spiritual mentor, and Elijah was, was a great man of God. In fact, the Bible says that Elijah. Um, actually performed eight major miracles in his, in his life. He performed a lot more miracles than that, but eight major miracles. We're talking about dead people being raised back to life. Elijah is the one that called fire down from heaven. Now, when Elijah, catch this story, when Elijah was about to die, he looks at Elisha and asks him if he wanted what he had. And Elisha said, no, no, I don't want what you have. I I want twice what you've got. 
I want double. Well, I, I don't want what you've just got. I want, I want twice. I want a double portion, Elijah, of what is on you. And God said through Elijah to Elisha, I'm going to give you a double portion. I'm going to give you a double empowerment, and you will do twice as much. Elijah is caught up in the whirlwind into heaven and the chariot and all that. And here's Elisha starts his ministry. And what is interesting is that Elisha lives out his ministry and finally dies. And he had performed, the Bible says at that time when he died, 15 major miracles. In other words, he died one short than what God had said. When Elisha died, I could almost hear the devil laughing, saying, looky there. I like that word, looky there. You're one miracle short. You got close, but you didn't get it. God must have lied. But the Bible says the story doesn't stop there. Because stop there. I'm here to tell you, if God said it, then it's impossible. Come on, if God has promised it, it's impossible for him to lie. And what happens is Elisha dies. They bury him, the Bible says, in a cave. And years later, years later, there's a battle taking place. And two guys are burying their friend who's just been killed in battle. And when they're trying to bury their friend, they look up, they see the enemy coming to them. They don't have time to take care of their friend. So what they do is they throw their friend in the tomb of Elisha. And the Bible says that when they threw their friend in the tomb of Elisha or on Elisha's, Elijah's bones or Elisha's bones, the Bible says the guy came back to life and miracle number 16 comes running up out of Elisha's tomb. Did you hear that? I'm just here to tell somebody that even when it looks like God didn't tell you the truth, even if you're, you're, you're down to a bag of dry bones and it seems impossible for it to happen, if, God, if God's Word is still in those bones, if God's Word is still in that life, if, I'm telling you, if God's Word is still there, the miracle will happen. Why? Because it's impossible for God to lie. If God said it, then it's going to happen. If God said you're forgiven, then bless God you're forgiven. If God said you're blessed, then bless God, square your shoulders, lift your head up, and believe God. And God has said that you're blessed. If God said you're healed, bless God, then quit walking around like you're sick. You go ahead, square your shoulders, turn the switch of expectation on, and begin to walk in. Come on, I'm just trying to encourage somebody. If God said no weapon formed against me shall prosper, then I'm here to tell you, no weapon. Come on, what are you sad about? What are you discouraged about? What are you depressed about? If God said greater is he that's in you than he that comes against you, then I'm here to tell you, you've got the greater one on the inside and you cannot lose. Why? Because it's impossible for God to lie. He can't do it. He can't do it. Why don't you lean over to your neighbor tonight and tell somebody God cannot lie. Come on, say it like you mean. Say God cannot lie. Let me give you the second thing. It's impossible for God to change. 
It's impossible for God to change. When it comes to God's nature, when it comes to his character, you can count on God being the same. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If God has ever delivered anyone, then he's doing it now. If God has ever healed anyone, then he's doing it now. Listen, if God has ever blessed anyone, then I'm here to tell you tonight, God is doing it now. God has not lost his power. God has not lost his ability. And it still works today, just like it did yesterday. And I'm here to tell somebody, it'll work tomorrow, just like it works today. Why? Because it's impossible for God to change. Here's the third one. It's impossible for God to fail. Listen, God has never failed. And he's not, he's not, going, to, he's not going to start failing. He's never, ever, ever failed. God has never started something and wasn't able to complete it or finish it. God is fail-proof. Joshua 23, 14. Look at what it says here. The Lord has done great things for you. You know that he has not failed to keep any of his promises. Come on, some of you have been in a, a dark room way too long. You need to let these verses sink in. You need to let these, these, these truths sink in. Psalm 73, 26, one of my favorite verses in the, in the Psalms. We, we have a song that we sing about it sometimes. It says this, my flesh and my heart may fail, but... God. Somebody shout, but God. Come on, shout, but God. But God is the rock and firm strength of my heart. In other words, my heart may fail, my flesh may fail, but God will never, ever, ever, never, ever, never. Come on, you can rest tonight knowing that if God be for you, he cannot fail. Here's number four, and this is the last one is where we're parking. Number four. This, this is really the whole message right here. Number four. It's impossible for God to do nothing. It's impossible for God to do nothing. Luke 137, for with God nothing will be impossible. Guys, you can work your way back to the, the stage. I want you to see this verse, I want you to see it just a little differently tonight. In other words, I want you to see, um, I want you to see that when God's involved in your life, it's impossible for nothing to happen. Because it's impossible, it's impossible for God to do nothing. Um, you can't serve God and nothing happen. Uh, you can't praise God and nothing, and nothing happen. You, you can't pray and nothing happen. You can't give. Come on, somebody ought to get excited. You can't give like we just gave. and not, It's an impossibility. You can't give and nothing happen. It's impossible for you to serve God and God not bless you, God not prosper you, and God not help you. The devil would like you to think that, that you're serving God, obeying God, loving God, 
for nothing. But I'm here to tell you, I'm here to turn the, the light on for you tonight. That is absolutely a lie. You cannot serve God for nothing. You cannot serve God and not be blessed and not be healed and not be delivered. Come on, and not have a smile on your face and not have a blessed family and not have a blessed home. Come on. You can't serve God and not see the impossibilities be made possible because with God, nothing. It's impossible for God to do nothing. I was thinking about, uh, you, you don't get it, so I'm going I'm to help you get it. I've I got a couple Bible stories that's going to help you get this. I was thinking about how, how can I communicate this. I was thinking about the story in 1 Kings 18 where there had been no rain. It was a severe drought for three and a half years. No rain. I mean, they're, they're out of water. And the Bible says that Elijah, he puts his head between his knees and he begins to pray for rain. Come on, have you ever been that desperate? God, I need my marriage fixed. I need my marriage healed. I, God, I don't know about these teenage kids. They're crazy. God, I need your help. God, I can't pay my bills. I don't know how I'm going to pay my, my mortgage, my rent. Th this was severe. Three and a half years, no water. No water. And so he puts his head between his knees and he begins to pray. And then he does this. He asks his servant to go out and look to see if it was raining yet. The servant goes out and comes back and, and Elijah says, well, tell me, is it raining? And the servant said to Elijah that there's, there's nothing. There's no thing, nothing. Elijah prays again. He looks to his servant. He says, go again. The servant comes back. Elijah Elijah says, what, what do you see? Nothing. There is nothing. So the Bible says, Elijah, he, he, he puts his head into his knees again and he prays again. And he sends a servant out again and the servant comes back and says again, nothing. Now listen to me. Most of us know that story. But, but I, want you to, I want you to answer this question. Why would Elijah keep on telling the servant, to go again. I believe Elijah understood what I'm trying to teach you here tonight. That with God, nothing is impossible. You can't pray and nothing happened. You can't serve God and nothing. You can't keep coming to church. And you can't be a part of our groups and nothing happens. You can't build relationships and nothing happens. You can't tithe and nothing happens. You can't love and forgive and nothing happens. Because with God, nothing is impossible. Why would he tell him to look again? Because he understood that if I'm praying, something's got to happen. And if I keep on praying, something's got to happen. And, and lo and behold, we know the story, right? We know the story. Sure enough, on the seventh time, the servant saw a cloud the size of a man's hand. The Bible says it wasn't long until there was, there was a, an abundance of rain. I thought about the, 
the story in the New Testament where where the disciples had been fishing all night and uh, (laughs) they they caught nothing, nothing. And uh, they're, they're there on the shores, the banks, they're cleaning their nets and Jesus showed up and asked them, hey, did you guys... Did you guys catch anything? And Peter, he says this. It's, you, you know the story. He says, we, we toiled. Come on, I'm going to help somebody here. We, we toiled all night. We've worked hard. But we've caught nothing. All we have is empty nets. I'm so glad you're here tonight. Because I believe people in this room... I believe something's getting ready to change for you because I have a word for you. I I believe that God wanted me to tell somebody here tonight that your season of empty nets is over. Come on. I I hope somebody could turn the switch on and just believe that. Somebody to expect. I believe your season. Come on, has anybody been going through a tough season? been working hard toiling all night and you just end up with nothing and nothing and nothing but i'm here to tell you it's impossible for god to do nothing and i'm here to tell celebration that the season of empty nets is over somebody shout it's over come on your marriage is going to start working like it's never worked your finances are going to start working like they've never worked your kids are going to start I wish I could get somebody. I wish I could get somebody out of the dark and turn a switch on and believe that all things with. He he can't do nothing. You can't do what we're doing tonight. And God not fill our nets. Somebody ought to get excited. I'm telling you, you can't have an appointment like this tonight. Have a date with God like this tonight. And God not do nothing. I'm here to tell you, you're going to see it in your jobs tomorrow. You're going to see it in your businesses tomorrow. You're going to see it in your families. I'm just here to tell somebody who's got enough crazy faith and expectation to believe it. I'm here to prophesy and declare your season of empty nets are over. Come on. Come on. Come on, somebody. Come on, you might as well stand with the rest of these people. If you'll stand, I'll have to quit. I thought, well, this could be a good time to start start talking about my journey and my life. And I, I know we all could grab a mic up here because we're all products of God's ability showing up and doing something in our nothing. Jesus looks at them says I want you to take your empty nets and I want you to cast them out there into the deep and they did and the Bible says that they caught so many fish that the net began to break and the boats began to sink why because it's impossible 
for God to do nothing. When you do what God says to do, it's impossible for God to do nothing. Come on, somebody's getting ready to have a net breaking, both sinking. Come on. I declare the season of empty nets are over. No more cleaning empty nets. No more, no more accepting empty nets. No more tolerating empty nets. And let me tell you something. That's huge. That statement's right there. Because that's exactly what me and my wife were doing in our house. We were tolerating the darkness. We were accepting the darkness. And we do that just, we do that with God as believers. We, do, we just, okay, well, well, I guess it's just not going to happen. I'll flip that switch so many times. So now we're just going to build a life around just normal, just man's ability. And listen, we've got our part to play, but you can't dismiss God's intervention into the equation because but God changes everything. And I'm here to tell you it's time for some but God moments in your life. Come on, we're not here to tolerate empty nets. We're not accepting empty nets. We're going to have everything that God has promised we can have. All right. I'm done. Almost. (laughs) I got three points. Three more points. I got three more points. But I can give them so quick, you're going to be shocked. Because I'm a pastor, I want to make sure you know how to apply what I just taught. So, so, so just exactly what is it that I need to do so that God can do the impossible in my life? Nobody leaving. Hear it. You got to hear this. this. This is key. What do I need to do that enables God to do the impossible in my life? Number one, here it is. You have to believe. Because this is what it says, Mark 9, 23, then Jesus said, then Jesus said, all things are possible for the one who believes. All things are possible for the one who, what? One of the greatest, can I, can I say this, hear this, I'm, I'm coming to a close. One of the greatest indicators that you are believing something is that you are expecting something. If you're not expecting healing, you're not believing for healing. If you're not expecting finances to get better, you're not believing for finances to get better. One of the greatest ways to understand MIM belief is to check your expectation. And the Bible says the only thing that holds God back from doing the impossible in our lives is this. You've got to believe. Number one. Here's the second one. The second one is this. You have to believe. Number two. Why? Because Jesus said all things are possible to him that believes. And number three. Here's the third one. You've got to believe. 
Because Jesus said, all things are possible. Not to the one that runs around the church, swings from the chandeliers. He didn't say the one that ties and do all that. No, he says, you just got to believe. Come on, is any believers, what, what was, what was, come on, what was, what was he saying? You've got to go in that room and turn the switch on. I've just came to this place tonight to tell somebody, turn the switch on. Come on, tap your neighbor and tell him, turn the switch on. Come on, somebody, tell somebody, somebody else, tell him, turn the switch on. Lift your hands to heaven. Come on, lift your hands to heaven. God, I pray that we would be awakened. Awaken tonight with an expectation that you can do the impossible in our lives. God, it don't matter if it's a dead situation that just died or we've wrapped it up in grave clothes and on our way to the graveyard or if it's been dead a long time already in the graveyard. God, we know, we know all things are possible. God, you know every situation. You know every situation. And I pray in this place tonight, miracles would begin to flow. Healing would begin to flow. God, as they turn the switch of faith on, God, the light, the power, God, your, your ability would begin to shine into their lives. Marriage is restored. Families restored. Businesses being infused by the favor of Almighty God. You think you're blessed now? Get ready. You think your nets are full now? Get ready. Come on. I declare cancer has to go tonight. Blood disease be healed. Joint issue, arthritis. I command you to go in Jesus' name. Migraine headaches. Go in Jesus' name. God, heal your people. Touch your people. Come on, raise your hands. Come on, our hands are up. We're expecting. Do it tonight, Lord. Do it tonight, God, in this this place. God, in this group. Do it tonight, God. God, this is only a portion of the family of celebration. But God, let it start in us tonight and let it spread like wildfire throughout this ministry and throughout this church and throughout this city and throughout this nation. Let it begin with us tonight. God, I pray for miracles in this place. Barren wombs becoming fertile where you couldn't have children. You're going to have children. Well, we've seen that miracle over and over in this ministry. God, I thank you for doing what you can only do. I'm going to hold them up high. Let's sing that. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.